Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,985. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Concours in the Hills that will be celebrating its eighth year on Saturday, February 12th, 2022 in Fountain Hills, Arizona. With over a thousand cars, this event is going to be one you don't want to miss to start off the new year. To learn more, go to concourinthehills.org. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful Fountain Hills, Arizona. I think I'd like to be there today because it's been snowy and cold where I live with a very special returning guest by the name of Peter Volney. Peter, welcome back to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am in gear, but um, I'm old, so I don't have traction control or ABS. I don't know how that's going to (laughs) go. Well, we'll see how we do. I think you're going to be just fine, Peter. You know, I was looking back, and Peter was a guest here back in October of 2015 when when his show that we're going to be talking about today, The Concord in the Hills, was kind of young. And back then, you only had about four, only, you had 400 cars. What are we expecting this year? I think we're expecting a lot more than that. Well, last year we had uh, just over a thousand and we're going to cut it off at a thousand because it just starts to get too crowded. Incredible. Well, one thing I didn't ask you, Peter, before I give you a proper introduction here, last time you were on the show was what's one little thing, I think this is going to be interesting, folks, that most people don't know about you, Peter? Oh, boy. Um, I'm kind of an open book, but uh, let me think. Oh, I know. Um, My wife claims I'm a hopeless romantic. Now, I don't know. Is that a good or a bad thing? A bit like Pepe Le Pew, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Or maybe Sarah Novozirak. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I I think that's probably a good thing. I know you're quite a clever, ornery guy, um, my experience with you, but you are a master of the words, and better yet, you're very good at putting on a show. So let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to talk more about this show and why this should be the first show that all you listeners should definitely appear at, because, you know, 2022, we're going to make this year different. Shows are going to be back. We're going to have fun. We're going to see our old friends. That's the attitude we got to have going into this year. So let me give you a proper introduction. Peter Volney is the founder of the Concord in the Hills that will celebrate its eighth show on Saturday, February 12th in 2022. Welcome to the new year. And of course, it takes place in the beautiful Fountain Hills, Arizona area. The event will feature over a thousand cars, as he said, uh, 30,000 probably plus spectators. We'll see what happens with that. And they'll be raising tens of thousands of dollars for their charity group this year, Phoenix Children's. Peter's retired and has had a successful career in advertising and PR. His company being Griffith and Bacall Volney, GBV, with clients including Acura, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Valvoline, Goodyear, and many, many others in the automotive sector and far beyond. His agency won many prestigious awards and was eventually acquired by Omnicom. Peter's also a director of the Ferrari Club Desert Region, and he's an aviation enthusiast, but mostly he likes to put on little car shows. So we're going to learn more about that in a minute. First, a word from our valued sponsor. So give them a little listen and we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, UltraTech, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. 
Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them your friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Peter, we're back. So let's dive right into this show because what you're doing here, and it's it's so nice it's at the beginning of the year here. February is going to come up very fast. And, boy, we are all ready to get out and have some fun. So tell us about what we can expect to experience at Concord in the Hills because it sounds wonderful. Well, with the uh, a thousand odd cars, it's um, it's going to be very comprehensive and very diverse. We divide the show up uh, into, into sections. There's a uh, European car section, Asian domestic race car section. Uh, we have an off-road and SUV section, and even a motorcycle section. Wow! Um, and and a huge variety of cars. Um, the the most expensive that's already entered for next year is a very very rare car that's worth about twenty million dollars. And uh, we're working on some others that are even more valuable than that. Wow. So lots of cool things to experience. Also, tell our listeners a little bit about the area. Conquer in the Hills, this part of Arizona is near Scottsdale, right? It's actually um, just uh, east of Scottsdale. It borders Scottsdale, and, and uh, you know most people regard it as part of Scottsdale. It's an incorporated town, a, a small incorporated town that, that's, uh, as I say, adjacent to Scottsdale. It's in the hills, which is why it's called Fountain Hills. It's very beautiful, uh, magnificent mountains and scenery, and the show is in a park. I believe it's the only car show in Arizona, certainly the only major one that's actually on grass. And this park goes around the lake with, um, I believe it's the largest fountain in in North America and one of the largest in the world. I think it goes up to 660 feet. What? So um, (laughs) we we take up, yeah, it's quite spectacular. Wow. We actually run it while the show's on, so it makes a hell of a backdrop for photographs. Oh, yeah. The scenery is absolutely spectacular. And how does the day play out for people that are going to be flying in? It's easy to access. You can fly right into Phoenix. Uh, You can fly. There is an airport there in Scottsdale as well. If you got your Learjet, you can fly that in and land and enjoy. But how does the day play out? When does it start? What are the different things people can expect to do? 
Well, the official opening of the show is uh, at 10 a.m. and it fin officially finishes at uh, 3 p.m. At, um, at 10 a.m. we have a bunch of race drivers, um, you know, guys like Ari Leyendijk who, who won the Indianapolis 500 twice, Derek Daly who raced for a long time in Formula One and IndyCar and Le Mans, um, Didier Thays, Harley Cluxton, Lynn St. James, the famous Lynn St. James. So we have a, a bunch of race car drivers. We open the show with a, an announcement of drivers start your engines. So um, a thousand odd cars fire up at the same time. I've heard that it registers on the Richter scale. <laughs> it's very spectacular. But in terms of what actually happens, um, I get down to the park at about five o'clock and there's invariably a bunch of cars waiting to get in that early in the morning when it's still dark. So um, anybody coming to the show should, I, I would recommend that they certainly get there by, by eight o'clock in the morning to watch the cars coming in because that's very, very interesting. You hear them and that. The show is free for spectators and parking is free. What? Wait a minute. Did you say free? Show is free for spectators. The money comes from sponsors, and uh, anybody who wants to exhibit a car has to make a minimum donation of $60 to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Um, Mark, in your introduction, you said that we raised tens of thousands. We actually now, back then it was tens of thousands. Now it's hundreds of thousands. Hundreds, wow, yeah. We're, we're currently, with, with about six weeks to go, we're currently uh, over $300,000. Oh, my gosh. And every single penny, because there are no paid staff at all, we're all volunteers, every single penny goes to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's tremendous. You know, one of the great things about Concord events is almost all of them have a charity sector. Let's talk a little bit about yours and the importance of that hospital and how it's caring for children. Well, um, I got involved with, I'm, I'm actually a, a childhood cancer survivor myself. I'm one of the very, very lucky ones. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I know what kids go through as an adult, uh, you know, when you're told that you're going to have chemo and radiation or surgery and that, as an adult, you understand, but, but kids don't understand and they're, and they're sitting there going, you know, mommy, daddy, why, why are you hurting me? I haven't done anything wrong. So um, this is a charity that, that personally is very dear to my heart. Um, I know the hospital fairly well. They do wonderful, wonderful work and um, I'm, I'm very proud to be able to support it. Wow. Wow. That's tremendous. You know, I always ask my guests about a, a big challenge that they face in their lives. That had to be massive for you. How old were you? I um, was diagnosed when I was 19 years old, but the symptoms had been there for many years beforehand. And, um, you know, back then, you know, you know I'm quite old. Um, <laughs> back, back then, we didn't know as much about cancer. And cancer was treated as, as a very, you know, bad disease that you don't talk about. So uh, naively, I didn't do anything about it. So, uh, you know, I actually developed it as, uh, you know, in my very early teens, maybe pre-teens. But you've been fine, obviously, as you said, and I won't call yeah. you old, but you called yourself old. I wouldn't say that in spirit. You're quite a young guy. My um, wife calls me Peter Pan that I just won't grow up. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. But you, I, 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 I hear you're incurable romantic, too, so that helps as well, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That experience that you had, going back to what ch Children's does for families and children. Uh, what did that teach you as a young person, as a teen going forward in life, once you beat that and move forward? I would think it had a little bit of contribution to the spirit you have about life. 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, it, it teaches you, first of all, that there are obstacles in, in life and we all face different obstacles, whether they're personal or health or business or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I equate them to, to racing, which is a career that I was a total failure at. But um, I equate them to, to racing and, and you get, uh, you know, most race drivers, they come to a chicane, uh, they slow down and get past the chicane and accelerate away. And, and to me, that's what life is like. You know, we're all going to have our bumps in that. And, and the idea is not to become dissuaded, but to, you know, just keep going. That's key. Well, it's a great cause. And wow, the money that you're raising to help uh, that fine facility goes a long way. So kudos to you and all the contributors to that. That's really fantastic. I like to ask people about what I call driving inspiration or mentors in their life, people that were really influential. You had a great business career. You built a wonderful business around advertising and PR. Uh, You've encountered a lot of interesting people. Is there somebody that stands out for you that's been a great inspiration for you, a big influencer? Oh, boy. Um, I've been very, very fortunate because in, in life, in, and particularly in business, I, I've had some some great mentors. Uh, you know, when I started my business, I started with a partner who was, you know, just wonderful, honest, decent, caring, wonderful partner. He was certainly a mentor. Um, my first boss in North America was a huge mentor to me. But um, I, I, I guess my own father who, who, you know, from a very, very early age taught me, you know, I, I guess the basic rule about treating others as I would like to be treated myself. Um, you know, honesty, integrity, charity, hard work, you know, basic things like that. Yeah, the golden rule. Well, you carried yeah. that through into your retirement life. You know, most people, when they retire, they kind of sit back, they play, they they don't worry about stuff. You decided not to do that. You decided to start a little car show. And I would imagine you've learned uh, that car shows are pretty extensive and in-depth as to all the moving parts and things like this. So do you start planning for this right after the end of the current, the next show that comes up? Because there's so many pieces to this deal. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, it's it's not even after the show, it's at the show, because as, as I wander around the show and, and even setting up the show, it takes us a, um, five days to set the show up. And even setting up the show and on the day of the show, I, you, you know, you see things that could be done better, uh, you know, things that you want to change. So it, it's a, if not a full-time job, it's about as close to a full-time job. <laughs> I would think so, but the great thing is you have so many people that are helping you that are volunteers, which is wonderful. I, I do. Yeah, and this week we're going to have some great guests on this week that are involved with the show, so you listeners can look forward to those uh, fine gentlemen coming up here uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, you mentioned um, how to improve. What are some things over the years that you have evolved with your show that you've learned about that you've carried forward into the show so far that we'll be seeing this year? Oh, boy. Um I have to think about that one. I mean, there's just so many. All right, I've got one of the big ones. You know, in the old days and the last time that I was on your show, we'd only done two shows. But but um, by the third show, you know, when we're up to about 500 cars, um, you know, you start to spread out. And the guys who are on the edge of the show complain, you know, we don't want to be in the boondocks. We yeah. want to be in the middle of the show. Well, there's only one middle of the show. There's got to be edges of the show on both sides. Um, and, and um, you know, we thought about what, what do we do to, to make, uh, you know, all parts of the show important. So I learned that there was, uh, you know, as you said earlier, I'm an aviation enthusiast as well. 
And uh, I learned that the uh, Army Aviation Foundation has a genuine Vietnam-era Cobra attack helicopter. Wow. I contacted them and convinced them to fly the helicopter into the show. And I called the Cobra Car Club and said, how would you like to park your Cobras round a Cobra attack helicopter. And this thing is so sinister looking with, with rockets and machine gun pods hanging off it and sling guns and that. So we did that and uh, we brought in the one helicopter and, and now the boondocks became the busiest part of the show. So now everybody wanted to be there. Brilliant. Following year, you know, we wanted to expand that and we found out that the contemporary version of the Cobra, which is nicknamed the Viper, is used exclusively by the um, Marine Corps. So I contacted the Marine Corps and uh, it took a long time, but we, we uh, finally convinced them and they flew in from San Diego, a, um, a an attack helicopter. All the way from San Diego. And you know what's coming next. I contacted the Viper Car Club and, uh, you know, my friend Bob Bondurant was, was, uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, Bob raced, uh, you, you know, at his driving school, had Vipers. So I called Bob and we, we got a whole bunch of Vipers around this Viper helicopter. So now we had Cobras, Vipers parked around these attack helicopters. And what was the boondocks? Now everybody wants to be in that part of the show. Well, very cool. Yeah. Have a centerpiece. Uh, I think that's a great thing going forward, too. Who knows what we can expect moving forward. Do you have anything with this year's show planned like that that's very unique that people are going to be able to see? Well, again, we have helicopters coming in. The Cobra's coming in again. Um, we've got approval from the Marine Corps for the Viper and, and a Huey attack helicopter. Wow. Um, the problem with, with uh, you know, any active military units is you never know until the actual day if they're going to come in. You know, if, if something crops up, then obviously that takes precedent over being in a show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have things like that. We've also greatly expanded our race car section, and we have some incredible race cars coming. We, we've got a, you know, Lola T70 that raced at Le Mans. We've got a Ford GT Mark IV that raced at Le Mans. Um, you know, we have a, a bunch of Le Mans cars, Indy cars. Uh, um, we have one exhibitor, um, Discount Tire, who uh, have come into the show for the first time, who will be doing a, uh, a an event. Um, I'd rather not say what it was, but I predict that this will be the hit of the whole show. I okay. think there will be people lined up and clamoring to participate in, in uh, you know, what they've come up with. Okay. A little teaser for us. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Some anticipation uh, built up. Well, that's a nice segue into talking about cars and special cars for you. But first, we're going to take a break and thank our sponsors. But we'll be right back. So keep the seatbelts on. We're going to have some fun. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website-based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. 
The most important lesson I've learned after interviewing nearly 2,000 people is that we are at our best when we help others. Cars Yeah! is all about inspiring automotive enthusiasts and helping others to be successful. In 2022, my charities of choice are TechForce Foundation and RPM Foundation. Both are groups of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. TechForce Foundation is dedicated to solving the technical shortage that threatens the transportation industry today by providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession. Learn more about these groups at RPM Foundation and TechForce Foundation today. So we're back. So I want to talk a little bit about you and your passion for cars because you've been a car guy for a long, long time. Is there one special car in your life that really stands out? And what is that? And tell us a little bit about that ride. Gee, um, whatever my current cars are, are always my favorite. It's it's like asking who's your favorite kid. Uh, yes. you, you know, you don't have a favorite. Well, uh, some people may have a favorite. <laughs> I guess right now, um, you know, I think last time we did this, I told you my Ford GT, yep. which I still love. But I've um, added uh, a number of years ago, I added a Ferrari Daytona, uh, which is a car that I lasted after ever since I saw the very first one back in Australia where I grew up uh, as a kid. Shortly after I bought it, I shipped it up to Colorado. Um, we, we drove well over a thousand miles on some fabulous roads doing the peak to peak rally. Most of the cars were, were newer Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis and that. And, um, you know, my, my old Italian girl surprised a lot of people uh, as she as she drove along at triple digit speeds keeping up with them yeah no doubt ferrari daytona what a cool car and now when did you buy that you said about three years ago um no about five or six years oh, five ago. or six years well it's been a while since you've been on the show time yeah. flies uh it's a little dangerous that that thing called time that ticking clock yes. always working against us let me ask you this because a lot of us lust after cars our whole lives when we get to a point where we can actually buy them i've heard this story before that people get them and it's like wasn't quite what i expected but it sounds like you had a different experience what were a couple of things that that daytona surprised you with I was warned about this, but I didn't believe people. Um, I had to find out for myself, as I usually do, that the car is like a truck around town. It doesn't have power steering, and it has that big V12, you know, over near the front wheels. So uh, around town, it's like a truck. It's not fun to park or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's not a car you take to Costco anyway. So, right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's fun at speed. I always had wanted to be able to drive a uh, Ferrari SWB, a 250 SWB. I mean, that car, just the yeah. looks, you know, it's one of those cars. And I ran across a guy in Florida at the Cavallino event that was actually a friend of a friend and introduced myself. We started talking and he tossed me the keys and said, let's take it for a drive since you've always. <laughs> and the same thing when I first was driving it to get it out, we were at the racetrack to get it out of the paddock to take it out. You know, he said, now it's going to drive pretty crummy here until we get it going. So don't worry about that. But yeah, same thing. It was like, oh, yeah. this thing is just, yeah. But once we got it on the road, oh, that glorious V12 uh, that you got in your, your car is just magical, isn't it? That's got to be the best part of that car. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Wow. What color is your Daytona? 
Russell Corso. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wonderful. I love it. Well, here's an interesting question for you. I don't believe I asked you this question. It's something that I changed over with time. I'm going to be a little bit of a car psychologist for you today. This should be interesting, Peter. I'm going to crawl into your skull, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's empty in there, so there's lots of room. Lots of room to park a lot of cars. I like it. So if you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror. You got to dig a little deeper for me here, Peter. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I love so many vehicles that, that, that that's a really uh, another really tough one. You ask a lot of tough questions. Well, you know, if uh, I asked easy questions, it could be kind of boring. So, uh, But again, you got to think of this question this way. This isn't what you love or what you want to be. This is your perception of the guy inside as a vehicle. So are you more of a guy? You know, like, a lot of people say, I'm a Ford F-150. I just get it done. Some are a little bit more out there. I think you're a guy who maybe is a little bit more out there a little bit. I, I, I think I'd like to answer that in two parts. Part okay. one is I'd really like to be a Ferrari 250 GTO Ooh. because, you know, even at, at almost 60 years old, it, I, I think it's still one of the best looking cars ever, ever built with great performance. Yes. So that's what I'd like to be. But in reality, what am I? I, I? I don't know, probably a Range Rover or a Jeep, something like that. You know, I think I'm versatile. I hope I'm dependable. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. Sure. So, um, so I'm probably, you know, more down to earth. Well, it's that Aussie spirit. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Australia I didn't like. Uh, there's just a spirit about Australia and the adventureness of Australian people. So I think that kind of makes sense for you. See, you can answer that. That wasn't too. That wasn't too hard. And but going back to the GTO, uh, you know, as you said, almost being sixty. I mean, you're almost sixty, right? You're close, closing in on that age, right? <laughs> I'm seventy-five. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing you just oh. a little bit, but you've got the spirit of a younger, much younger well, my guy. My wife says I'm seventy-five, going on fifteen. Of course. Well, nothing wrong with that. I think that's cool. You know, we always talk about giving back and we already had had done that, but I do want to touch on this again because I've learned after interviewing close to 2000 people here that we are at our best when we're giving back. And these charities that you've raised money for over the years, I know you've had other charities, but what are some of the groups that you've raised money for with your event over the years? Well, we started off the first um, three or four years. We did the show. We we did the Boys and Girls Club, which also, which I also think is a really worthwhile cause. I mean, that's our future. Um, and and some of those kids have have a you know tough growing up. Uh, so, so I thought thought it was a worthwhile cause. Um, as the show started to grow. We switched to uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital, as, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I think it's a great event. I've been involved in, in other car shows where we've raised money for a broad variety of things, that, you know, Ronald McDonald House, uh, police charities. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the police. I think that they have an incredibly tough job and deserve our support and respect. Yep. Absolutely. Well, it's fantastic. And would you agree with me that uh, when you can find ways to help people and give back, uh, that is probably the most rewarding thing in life? Yep. Is there a great book that maybe you've read in the past year or two that you'd like to share with the listeners you think they could uh, learn a lot from or enjoy? Well, as I said, you ask tough questions. I'm a voracious reader. I go through books like crazy. But I mainly like nonfiction. I, I have trouble with fiction. My, my favorite uh, fiction writer is Daniel Silva, who writes about a, um, a Mossad agent called Gabriel Alon, 
they're, they're very, very fast paced and, and they're more credible than, than, you know, some of the other nonfiction books. I really like biographies. One of my favorite biography authors is um, Robert Massey, who's written a number of books on, on the Russian royal family. And, and he, he makes uh, history, which I love anyway, but he makes it just so, so approachable and so understandable. Sounds like a great, great couple of resources there. I'll remind our listeners that you can go to the Carshow website. There's a place called Guest Recommended Books where there's over, well over 2,000 books listed there now if you want to find some great reading that my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have shared with me over the years. So I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. You've been on, it sounds like some ultimate drives, Peter, but this one's a bit magical. The reason is that I'm going to provide you with any car in the world. Could be that GTO, doesn't matter. You can pick the car. You can pick the person that you're with, living or deceased, and you can be driving anywhere in the world. So if it was just for today, what does the ultimate drive look like for Peter Volney? Uh, I, I think that there's a part of, of there's two-part answer again uh, because you've asked a two-part question. Uh, one part's going to be boring. My ideal companion would be my wife because uh, after 42 years, she's still my best friend. She tolerates my driving, you know, when I'm in a, in a slide teaching her about opposite lock or, or throttle steer. She, uh, she doesn't get upset. She puts up with it and that. As to where I drive, we go to Europe every year for, four, for five or six weeks. We rent a car and, and we pick a country or two and drive around and really explore. We totally stay off the highways um, and do the back roads. So, uh, you know, we've done so many all over Europe. In fact, um, just a couple of months ago, we, we spent five weeks in Greece. Wow. Um, we drove about 3,000 kilometers. Amazing, wonderful roads. People wouldn't believe how great the roads are in, in, in Greece. And no traffic, you know, switchbacks and mountain roads, scenery spectacular. Didn't get a single ticket, which is unusual. <laughs> Good for you. So, um, yeah, anywhere in Europe. But, but we've driven in other countries where there are great roads. Wow. Sounds like a dream. So what kind of car would you be in? You didn't answer the most important part of the uh, question. Well, um, uh, of course, I'd love to be in, in anything high performance, you know, Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, Porsche or anything. The truth of the matter is that, that um, you know, when, when we do it, and, and, and as I say, we do it every year in, in Europe. Um, in Greece, we rented an Alfa Romeo, but, but we rent small cars. And the reason that we do that is whilst it would be wonderful to have a fabulous, you, you know, uh, car that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars on those mountain roads, at, at night, you, you park in a town. The parking spots are ridiculously small. Yeah. And even for, for, for small Renaults and Peugeots and Alphas, you know, you're crammed in there. So I, I sure wouldn't want to have a, a, you know, a Ferrari Daytona or a McLaren 720 or, or, or anything and, and park in one of those spots. You're going to get door dings and chips and things. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, we, we go with smaller cars. Sounds like fun. Well, I think it's more about the adventure then than the vehicle uh, for your answer on this, which sounds like a wonderful thing to do. You know, you've taken us on another great journey here, a great ride. And I can't, I guess I can't uh, say strong enough to all the listeners, you know, we've been kind of locked down here the last two years. I think this is the year to get out and experience things. Again, uh, the Concord uh, in the hills is going to be wonderful in Fountain Hills, Arizona. It takes place mid-February, February 12th. You can go to their website, concordinthehills.org. You can get your tickets. You can set yourself up, get your plane tickets if you're flying in, if you're driving in. Uh, hotels are plenty in the area. There's lots of great places to go. Before I let you go today, Peter, are there any parting words of wisdom or advice or uh, inspiration you might leave us with oh um 
I have a saying, well, it's not my saying, there's a saying that nobody ever lay on their deathbed saying that they'd wish they'd uh, spent more of their time working. And I think that's very important. For, for most of us, we have to work to live the life that we want. But, um, you know, you, you've got to find a nice balance in life between working and friendship and, and, and love, uh, travel, adventure, you know, whatever turns you on. So uh, I, I've been very, very lucky in, in that regard. Uh, and, and um, you know, I urge everybody, um, you know, don't, don't focus too much on, on work. You know, work is important, but find a nice balance in life. Well, and it sounds like this event would be a nice way to balance out a week uh, is to contribute or is to attend the Concord in the Hills. So again, go to concordinthehills.org today. Check out what's going on uh, when you're there. Uh, say hello to Peter. I think it's going to be a wonderful event, a nice way to start off the new year. Can't wait to see you, Peter. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you at the Concord in the Hills. Thanks for being back on the show today. This has been fun. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion. And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.